Welcome to The Teaching Edge, the podcast where we explore the intersection of education and technology, from the latest innovations in tech to best practices for integrating technology in the classroom. We are here to help teachers and educators stay current and find new ways to enhance their teaching and their students' success. Join us as we discuss the latest trends and innovations in educational technology and hear from experts in the field. Get ready to level up your understanding of technology and take your teaching to the next level with the Teaching Edge podcast. Visit our website at theteachingedge.org. Welcome to another wonderful episode of the Teaching Edge podcast. And today I have the great pleasure of speaking with Kamar Qureshi, president of KnowledgeHook, an amazing suite of products for empowering teachers in the classroom, not only to assess students in real time without students feeling they're being assessed, but above that, becoming better teachers while doing that. Let's begin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, the Teaching Edge podcast. I'm very excited to have with me here today, Kamar Qureshi from KnowledgeHook. Kamar is president and chief business officer of the company, and KnowledgeHook has been tremendously successful with schools all, all over the US, the UK, Canada, and more. And uh, teachers and schools and districts really love it. We'll soon hear why. Um, KnowledgeHook brings uh, learning and assessment into the classroom in the very innovative ways, uh, fun ways. I've seen the product uh, and how it works. It's really exciting. It does a lot more than that. And uh, it really empowers uh, teachers with uh, really effective tools and uh, becoming uh, better teachers. So Kamar, uh, welcome. Let's get into it. Uh, welcome to the Teaching Edge podcast. And uh, uh, thank you very much for uh, being with me here today. Um, yeah, pleasure to be on. Thank you, Amir, for having me. Yeah. Uh, thank you. It's a real pleasure. And uh, really seeing uh, the success of uh, the company. You started back in 2016 or 14? 2016, yeah. 2016. We'll- That's yeah right. so uh, so so you've been around for a while and uh, seen tremendous growth um let's um uh, let's just start with uh, you know explaining uh, what knowledge hook is and what you do yeah no i i think you know thank you for that great intro knowledge hook really the genesis of knowledge hook, we, in 2016 We won Google's Game Changer Award. Uh, we were the only ed tech and only Canadian company to ever win at that time. Um, really, the reason we won that is we found most educational technology, uh, it, its hopes and aims were to replace the teacher, uh, meaning, hey, you know, your teacher at school isn't getting through to you. Here's one of our teachers or here's a tool that will teach you the same concepts Um, uh, and, and we'll do it in a different way, different approach, maybe a different teacher, and hopefully that gets to you. And, you know, at, that was a, you know, not very beneficial for the, for the educator or the classroom ecosystem. It, it created sort of inefficiencies because there's a redundancy. So I had to do assessments and, and work in the classroom, um, and, and I was struggling there, or I was doing okay. Uh, and I wanted to accelerate that. So I had to do new assessments and and new, you know, sort of questions uh, outside the classroom, hope they were aligned to the curriculum and, and sort of my report card and what I was aiming to do uh, and affect their score that way. So there's a lot of inefficiencies there. It took the teacher out of that equation, out of that uh, education sort of ecosystem, um, put a new sort of teacher in front of you, whether it's digital or whether it's physical. Uh, whether it's tutoring or you know other other sort of math or, or um, literacy software uh, you know so it really didn't serve the existing ecosystem is really subsidizing it so that was one thing we, we looked at uh, another thing was you know teachers themselves if you look at the, the students that pick up these um, programs they're usually some of the, the the more advanced students the students are already doing pretty well or are great and they want to accelerate you know they call them keeners so to speak yeah so you're finding that a lot of ed tech was created by very smart students themselves and you know in famously i think you know bill gates came on uh, went on stage with uh, sal khan right uh, and khan academy yeah. was going to change the world flip the classroom uh thomas edison uh same thing you know a- after the invention of the light bulb obviously and uh projectors You know, they thought the classroom was going to be flipped, meaning that students do their own learning. Um, and even Steve Jobs went on stage with the PC and said, hey, this is a flipped classroom. The teacher's role is, is going to be a lot smaller. I think they've all admitted they were wrong. Uh, right. So you can't really replace the teacher. And 
the, the students that are going to pick up the stuff and, and accelerate are, are the ones that are already doing pretty well, the ones that don't need uh, a lot of supervision, whether they have the resources or the support at home. So that was leaving around, leaving the majority of the classroom still um, in, in the in the dust, so to speak. You know, that's a very good point. Yeah. And I think many, uh, many companies who develop products, they look at, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the big jump, the big difference that you can make, but you don't necessarily think of what sector, uh, what section of the market you are actually improving. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, thinking of the broader spectrum is, uh, is, it makes sense, but uh, but evidently yeah, I mean, many there, are not doing that. Yeah. Well, the results are there, right? If you look at the last, so te ed technology and education have, have been around for decades now, right? Yeah. And, and math scores and, and literacy scores are declining. Maybe literacy, not so much, but math uh, scores are declining. I believe in the U.S. I have a statistic here. I think, you know, after grade eight, only 34% uh, of students are proficient in math. 34%, right? And if you look at the the way, so you could say that, hey, you know, technology, if anything, seems like it's going the opposite way because, you know, proficiency scores are going down in, in mathematics, for for example, um, and, and ed education technology penetration is going up. So it's an inverse relationship. I think, you know, a lot of that really stems from the students, just a bifurcation of students that uh, are already going to do well. They continually continue to do well with more resources, while the students that are left behind, they don't even know how to pick up those resources. And they, they have other challenges. Most students, um, it's not that, you know, they, they, they can't understand the teacher. They're dealing with things at home. They, they have other issues. There's a now a, a, a huge war going on at home, which is between gaming and, and you know, social media, and then also your homework and school and, and, you know, shorter attention span. So there's all these things we're dealing with. And I'll get to what knowledge does, but really those are the the, the key elements we really saw or, and are continuing to see uh, in sort of the landscape, uh, which then prompted us to create knowledge. You know? Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's very important to, to look at it that way. And I, and I know, especially for teachers who are listening, I think it's a... Um, it's very good to hear, you know, um, tech companies not coming to uh, replace the teacher or improve uh, yeah. uh, upon what's being done in school, but you are really integrated into the school, which is a... That's right. Yep. Yeah, I think the key thing for teachers is, you know, is like we know what, what like it's very, it's research-based, it's proven. What will have the greatest impact on improving math achievement is building teacher capacity. So it's not about uh, the better technology or the better sort of way to, to show a student something. Students, you know, math is a very technical language. Uh, there's very complex pieces that A, the, the, the educator and B, the, the, the learner needs to sort of uh, understand together, right? Uh, be on the same plane for it. So for example, you know, the average kindergarten or grade one to, to grade 10 teacher teaches multiple subjects, right? So if, if you're a teacher in a elementary or secondary school, even early high school, you teach more than math. You teach more than, uh, you know, you, you teach roughly eight subjects. And then on top of that, well, in Canada and the US at least, uh, and on top of that, you have 30 plus students a class sometimes, right? So, you know, your ability as an educator to effectively, uh, you know, assess and, and sort of help every student on their respective journey is uh, limited, right? So you have to do things at a classroom level. And the problem with the classroom level is, um, you know, you don't have that data source available. There's a lot of tools that are assessment tools. There's tools, you know, that are summative assessment, meaning, hey, you know, you, you've taught a whole uh, topic, and then you're now doing an assessment on the students, and you know that you know, X, Y, Z students are struggling, but you have to jump to the next topic. You can only do so much except report to them that, hey, they're struggling here. Uh, there's a final exam. You got to prep for this. You got to, you know, you got to yeah. study on your own. You, yeah. know, you can't really help them actively real, uh, real time while the students are going through those misconceptions. Yeah. And, that's, and, yeah. and many times I, I guess it would be also inaccurate if you get, get a student who gets, uh, you know, tense uh, under a testing uh, situation, 
they might not even be assessed correctly. That's exactly right. There's so, so that's a that's a great point as well. So it, it's sort of these very bespoke uh, situations for students. It's either a you know math is a very technical language. They could be lost just in the question. They may understand how to do the math, but they they get lost. I think we have all experienced that, like trying to decipher what the question is asking. And then B, it's like yeah, you get test test anxiety, um, and you know the more common thing is the the situations at home. You know, parents could be going through divorces. Uh, there could be all sorts of issues. You know, and that's why the 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 lower like you know the, the I guess the um, you know the the areas most in trouble or are left behind uh, with fewer resources. They they those students struggle the most just inherently. Uh, yeah. Just because of the fact that they don't have either a, uh, you know, stable, maybe internet connection or uh, access to devices or access to resources or the financial means um, to get that support outside of the classroom. Because, you know, core problem is teachers in the classroom are over capacity. So now I'll tell you a little bit about the software building all that uh, sort of. Yeah, let's hear what uh, it does. Yeah. Theme of knowledge. <laughs> yeah, so. So for us, you know, really the founder, I'm the chief business officer, president, you know, um, one of the co-founders with uh, uh, Travis and, and Lambo and, and Travis Radnam, he is this, he's the CEO and he he's the guy who came up with this. He struggled in math uh, growing up. He was uh, called the quote unquote dumb kid because some uh, someone, <laughs> you know, pulled the report card when the teacher was out of the class and, and saw he was the lowest performing student. Um, he thought he was doing okay. So that really like shook his world. His dad was a math tutor. Uh, so his dad then started working with them one-on-one. And Travis went on to be the top 1% of, of the school, Dean's List, etc. Then went on to uh, the University of Waterloo, which is the top sort of uh, computer science development school in, in Canada, and got multiple offers from Microsoft. Apple went to Microsoft just because of the autonomy you'd have there and solved their number one problem. So he went from being the poorest performing student uh, to the top student and, and solving the number one problem at Seattle Microsoft headquarters uh, with all the smartest minds around him. So really that student in any other situation, if his dad wasn't a math tutor, would have been left behind. Um, and we would have lost sort of someone who who moved the dial, right, for society because yeah. everyone uses Microsoft, right? So Office. So I think that's a great example. And there's a, probably a billion examples like that, right, of students that are just not, uh, you know, they think differently. They don't learn in this um, factory approach of the classroom these days of, hey, there's 30 students. Uh, I don't have time. You know, teachers want to do what, whatever they can, but it's very hard. Um, so we, we lose a lot of students that way. Right. And, um, that's really sort of the conundrum we're in, you know, the technology is advancing, the need for STEM workers has exponentially grown and it continues to daily, if not weekly. Um, you know, really, if you look at the GDP of the U S alone, there's over $4.5 trillion, you know, you, you get, you hear about all this unemployment. I mean, sort of, uh, you know, job openings and still unemployment, um, it's because there's a lot of uh, STEM jobs they just can't fill, right? And immigration can't work fast enough yet. Then the whole world is very much driving towards STEM, uh, STEM economy as well. So it's really going to be a race for labor, um, uh, for, you know, economic prosperity, I believe, in the future, if not already. So, you know, you, you compound all those problems and, and so when, when you step back, Knowledge really, the reason we won the Google Game Changer Award and the reason we're doing very well and we're, you know, for us, we don't spend a dollar on marketing. We literally work uh, through referral of teachers because teachers love us and we are built for teachers. Um, so, you know, really the concept of Knowledge is this. We do, so while students are learning in the classroom, we do something called formative assessment. Uh, all of our sort of the software is built. So here's one thing I'll say first, because I know there's a lot of ed tech entrepreneurs out there as well as teachers. Um, you know, the, the way we look at technology and building technology is not to say, hey, uh, you know, Facebook's doing really well. Let's build the Facebook of education. We don't think you, know, you can't find the solution and look for the problem. And, and we learned that. Obviously, the founder story is one thing. Uh, Todd and 
that, hey, you know, personalized learning can unlock or that right teacher uh, can unlock a student's mind and change their change their life and change the world. Right. So um, that was the operating thesis. But then we work with sort of school districts throughout North America, sat in classes, saw what worked, what didn't work with teachers, with students. So we actually did that grunt work on the ground. Um, and, you know, the knowledge sort of evolved over time. But our underlying thesis was, look, teacher capacity is important. Teachers play the biggest role. It's not going to be technology replacing teachers. Because even in corporations that are technology, technology corporations, you have a huge people, culture, HR department. Why do you have that if it's very transactional? It's not. I think there's a lot of things that, you know, employees, like students, like humans in general, need uh, to unlock through, through coaching and, and through support, right? And that's what teachers uh, should do. So how do we support them in that? So here's what Knowledgeic is. Knowledgeic uses formative assessment cycles, like using game shows and homework. So what a game show is, if I'm a teacher in class, I can teach a subject, students right away, I can run as soon as I teach, hey, you know, here's multiplying fractions, um, students, can right away answer questions. So we'll run a quick engaging game show. Students actually look forward to being assessed, which is really cool. So the cool. students work on the, on tablets, on- uh... Yeah, so that's a good question. So we have a low tech mode and a, and, a, and a high tech mode. So the high tech mode is students are on computers, laptops, iPhone, iPhones or anything, right? Any phone. Uh, it's web-based. So Knowledgeic is all web-based, can use on being used on any platform, on any device on any level of bandwidth. We actually tested, because now we're in 13 uh, countries, we tested in the lowest sort of bandwidth environments. Um, and we know that the technology works well. So we can have multiple devices, you know, and the teachers running the classroom. And then while students are learning, they're also uh, answering questions from the teacher. They're running a game show, which is like, hey, classrooms all now really engaged and they wanna learn because they wanna win as a classroom. Is a growth mindset, but at the same time, the teacher is and sorry, the, the low tech mode is the teacher has one device and students have QR codes. So A, B, C, D, uh, you can print them out um, and, and you can flip. But the orientation, the teacher can scan the room and get assessment results uh, of where students are going for every nice, question. Very nice. Yeah, that's really cool. So that way, we, you know, we're in Latin America. We're trying to go into the, the low tech modes because. You know, our approach wasn't to go to private schools. It was to make it a public school because yep. 90% of the schools are public schools. Um, and we had to look at all the scenarios there. So, so we just really... to make the point, um, cor correct me uh, or, or uh, even make it more accurate. But really what you're doing is they play a game. and um, uh, but, but what you're actually getting is each individual uh, student's uh, response so mm -hmm. they are actually uh this is a chance for you to assess them yes uh, exactly for them it's the experience of playing a game uh, either by themselves or in the game show together with the rest of the class but uh, suddenly hey you've checked what what each and every student knows yeah and, and you know what a lot of companies do that that's not where we stop because yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. something called the formative assessment cycle yeah. so there's over 250 publications on this. It's, it's what's proven by research. This is why we, we went this way. Yeah. So what we do is we check student understanding, right? The teacher teaches, so the teacher instructs. Then there's check on student understanding. Then the teacher is fed right away, uh, real-time data while they're assessing. They're like, hey, you know what? Um, you're teaching multiplying fra fractions. The way that the assessment questions are set up, they're set up by pedagogical sort of experts and math experts on our side. So we're able to decipher common misconceptions. So right away, the teacher will know, hey, you know, your kids are confusing numerator for denominator or whatever that may be. Um, here's how to teach them. Here's why they're struggling. So right away, what is different is we give teachers misconception charts and professional like in it and what to do. So we give them, there's a lot of assessment tools out there that are engaging, gamified, you know, high tech, all those things. But the so what isn't there? Because the key thing is for teachers, we want to build teacher capacity. So we show them where students are struggling. Teachers get real time on the job professional development, right? So right away, they're able to say, hey, if you taught it this way, if you did this, here's what works. And we know this on data sets of, you know, eight to 10 years of data. 
We work with hundreds of thousands of teachers um, and, and we can actually move the dial. So the teacher can in the class, you know, say there's, uh, you know, the majority of students, let's say 40 to 50 percent are struggling with one concept. The teacher can focus on that. Then the software follows the student to home and then can, you know, assign personalized homework, uh, you know, and push prompt the right questions. And, you know, knowledge software, uh, the way it's designed can un under uncover. So say a student's in grade five, we can uncover misconceptions from grade three, grade two, and that compound over time and address those issues and then get the student back up to speed. So really, we so you it's, can close it's, the gaps rather yeah, than we have the student that. then be left behind and be that, exactly. uh, you know, be that. Well, that's uh, the thing. You you yeah. have one bad year of math and, you know, every year, it, you know, math works in scopes and sequences. Every year, concepts are built upon each other. And, you know, you can't unlock concept that, you know, the, the school, the classroom's already moving. You, you have to figure it out on your own, but you don't know where to start. So Knowledge really helps you unlock that. It helps train teachers real time on the job, make better teachers, create capacity for teachers by helping them assign personalized work, helping them sort of, uh, you know, take out the, the PD uh, efforts that they have to do um, and really run better classrooms. So, and that's all driven by data, student data. Uh, what we also do is now connect parents. So parents are connected because that's a huge part of the support ecosystem. Parents can see and send cheers to students and see the progress they're making. They're tied to the classroom, to the teacher in a non sort of capacity draining way for the educator, but in a way that parents feel informed and involved, which is helpful for teachers. And uh, now we have a tutoring and gaming ecosystem attached to that, which offer, you know, support outside of that, but also in engagement, encouragement, all those things on the, on the gaming side. So um, that's really how it works. You know, teachers share formative assessments with the whole class in a game show to check for understanding. The teacher receives a report saying which students are struggling. Teacher accesses those support documents to learn how to help the student. Teacher adjusts their instruction. And then the teacher assigns missions to individual students to ensure the students have grasped the math concept. So really, there's multitude of things that teachers can do with that data set and knowledge um, helps them select the right thing, right? So um, that's that's really the difference. And we don't see that there's a lot of, uh, you know, people doing what we're doing. We there. So th the only competitor we had early days, I know a lot of um, sort of our uh, sort of incumbents, our partners here ha have pivoted their language to, to us. But really, you, you can't because I think the key thing is we looked at um, EdTech as, you know, the the Venn diagram of, uh, you know, technology gamification, but content as well. And content is king. So for us, a lot of ed techs do not spend a lot of time building a thorough content library. This is why the publishers have a great advantage. Like our content has been built over the last six, seven years with the, the same individuals who, who wrote the textbooks over by the yeah. 50, 60 publications. The, the rigor of content needs to be there as well, right? The the for the teacher and the student. So we have expert written, expert level research back, evidence-based approaches um, that with a huge content library that span all the scope and sequences mathematics globally. Um, and, and that so, is data driven and delivered to the teacher in bite-size uh, sort of uh, tidbits at the right time where they can absorb it and actually affect uh, student sort of outcomes. Yeah, so really, uh, if I look at this as uh, if I envision myself as a teacher, then I I really have a very very uh, um, personal guide next to me, uh, which yeah. is uh, aligned with the curriculum, aligned with the textbooks that I'm using, and uh, I I run assessments, and immediately I get directed to where the student needs help, and also how to give them that help in the best way. So. Um, mm. uh, so it's, it's like my assistant helping me be a better teacher, which is, uh, That's right. which is exactly, we call it a coach in the pocket, right? Yeah. yeah you know, exactly. It's good a coach. Ed tech yeah. A coach is a yeah. good, good word for it. Yeah. 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 We call it a coach in a pocket, you know, and good ed tech shouldn't replace teachers. It should help them accelerate good pedagogy. Right. So we, we really, um, want to support teachers and empower them and create the capacity because, no matter what technology, this is a good question. Like, you know, there's textbooks, there's 
sort of manipulatives in the classroom. There's chalkboards, whiteboards, there's a computer, there's a teacher, right? And there's a student. So what are you going to replace in the future? I don't think you're going to replace much because um, your textbooks, are, you know, they're going digital, they're going PDF, all these things are happening. Uh, but there's still a human element, a relation to this that, you know, no matter what level of AI we get to, um, th there's going to be things that, you know, are, are very, uh, you know, teacher driven and that will always be there. Um, and for us, it should just be, you know, what they teachers have to do may evolve over time, but, you know, they're, they're going to be the ones that unlock this, the student's mindset and then the ones that need support, which is the majority of the classroom, to be honest. Yeah. So if you had to pinpoint um, what are the main pain points for the teachers that Knowledge Hook really solves well, what would these be? Mm -hmm. Well, I'd say a, a couple of things, right? So one, the first thing is this. Most teachers, like I said earlier, have to teach many subjects. Math is a very, so, you know, we're in math right now. We're encoding financial literacy. Uh, we're going into literacy, all the subjects we're going to go into because the system itself is not math. I mean, it's it's subject agnostic. It's really uh, PD for teachers real time using yeah. engaged informative assessment and this ecosystem around it. Um, so number one problem for teachers, I find, is they they teach many subjects they don't get proper training you know there's pd days or professional development days uh but now there's no there are not enough teachers in the system so you can't even release teachers to learn more or get educated which most most other professions are able to do you know you you know uh, you, you get a new language and in, in coding or stem and developers like google facebook they'll pay you to go get training right yeah. um it's not the same in education because there's a shortage of teachers now, even more than ever. And they have to teach, again, like I said, math, for example, is a very technical language. It's something that, you know, experts should be helping teachers get through and they can't. So at scale, you can't train teachers effectively, which is A, what Knowledge solves with the math coach in the pocket, like we said, and that pedagogy and that access to information in bites as real time daily sort of training right and that's non-intrusive and and creates capacity so a they teach many subjects they can't you can't be the you know it's the the whole term of master of none type of thing jack of all trades yeah like and and math is very technical they need support so knowledge is there to, to give that to them uh two <clears throat> it comes down to capacity they have uh, 30 plus students at times 20 you know 20 plus students they have parents of those students they have a lot they have to deal with outside outside of the classroom. And then you, what are you doing? You're giving them more technology, more things to learn. I think the average teacher in the US has a hundred logins, which is insane, a hundred logins. Yeah. <clears throat> so how do you expect them to manage all that? So I, again, it comes down to the reason Knowledge is an ecosystem where we do training, assessment, uh, you know, tutoring, uh, all the things that we do, parents, dashboard teacher dashboard <coughs> sorry is because we try to uh you know limit the amount of switching costs for teachers and, and and put everything at the fingertips but you know the biggest thing for us is how do you reach every student when you have no capacity so what what knowledge really does is drive um a teacher capacity through you know helping them check for understanding the formative assessment cycle manually done so teachers giving out tests getting them back trying to decipher all of it um whether it's digital or not and then trying to create some uh course or, or some uh sort of uh lectures out of that or, or teaching out of that that's very onerous right and that's hard to it's, yeah. it's it's somewhat of a science but they don't have the tools for it so we give them the data we give them the pedagogy we give them the support we give them why the students are struggling what you can do to help so we really help teachers pinpoint their classroom struggles, not generically, hey, this is what the school is doing, or this is what the district is doing, this is what the country is doing. No, this is what your classroom needs. Um, so we create a lot of capacity from that side. We take a lot of that off the teacher's plate. I think the third thing out of all that is, uh, you know, people always ask me and, uh, you know, what I speak at, at a few universities and I've spoken to a few individuals um, in interviews such as this, um, is the education system failing us, right? And, and this is where 
this is what what I believe. Um, you know, it, it comes down to teacher training because as sort of the economy evolves and it's requiring new skills, a lot of those that duty is put on to secondary school, right? Um, it's not really put into K to 12, right? The the elementary earlier years, because uh, that's where you're just supposed to learn foundational pieces. The problem is in K to 12, like I said, we have a shortage of students with the aptitude to take on those higher level courses, right? Like, you know, um, math proficiency is low and that's a prerequisite to a lot of, uh, you know, engineering courses, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so, it has to come back to the K to 12 period. I think, you know, Google university, everyone's disrupting um, the higher ed. That's why knowledge focused on, you know, even K to 10, even for childcare services alone, it's not going anywhere. It's going to be a physical space that parents drop their kids off to. So, you know, they could do X, Y, Z. Uh, it, it's just always going to be there. We believe, right. While university is already being disrupted uh, globally. Uh, but what my, what my main point there is, <clears throat> You know, the the disconnect between <clears throat> what uh, the economy or, or um, the world or global sort of movements are asking for is disconnected at, at K to 10 because <clears throat> to to bridge the gap, say, I want to now, I know all my kids need to learn coding or financial literacy. Hey, why don't they teach that in school? The problem with that is you have to teach that. You can't just drop that onto a teacher's lap and call it a new curriculum or call it a new subject and expect teachers to pick it up. They have to learn it themselves and they don't have the capacity, right? So there's a gap between how quickly can we close as the economy moves new information into the classroom to train students the most effectively for what they have to deal with as soon as they get out. The barrier to that is going to be, can the teachers learn it and, and teach it and understand it fast enough? Because yeah. Yeah, most educators already have no capacity. And, you know, some I've even heard that teachers jumping over subjects or topics that are newly introduced in textbooks and things. And um, because, you know, hey, 90% of the stuff I've taught, I don't get this 10% because it's just dumped on me. Um, and, and, you know, the students don't need the last 10% to, to pass anyway. So, you know, it's going to be how quickly can you train teachers? And that's what Nalgic does. We train, we use, you know, professional development. Um, we make it bite-sized, we drive it using student data, and we give them the so what, right, of, of why they're struggling, what they should know. Teachers even, Neonologic even does a quick prep with teachers. Before they teach something, They have a we have a math refresher that literally gives them all the concepts they need to know before they go into the class. So they even brush up on their math because, you know, they're, they're teaching so many subjects, so many different, uh, you know, scopes and sequences of math alone. So we give them the refresher. We give them what to do when kids are struggling. Um, and, and we really make uh, teaching a lot easier for teachers. So the third thing is that disconnect between, hey, you know what? We want to change the curriculum. We want to put coding in. We want to put financial literacy in. And that's all great, but you need someone to teach it for it to be effective and it to work. So we, we you need that gap of, of teacher training outside of just even the core subjects. Um, so I think those are the three things that we we try to address. There's obviously things with teacher compensation, all those types of things. We're not uh, attracting enough teachers into the profession here anymore. We see that. We see that globally, I think. Um, that That's another subject. Um, really comes down to, again, hey, you know, you're, you're asking teachers to take on a lot with very little. So how do you create more capacity? I think that's another capacity uh, sort of issue. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, you know as you're speaking, uh, uh, it got me thinking. You know that we look at teachers. If you hear the word teacher, then then they are meant to teach or transfer some kind of knowledge. But uh, but in fact, what they are doing, if they are doing a great job, is uh, knowing what to teach to different students, uh, helping students out, bridging gaps. Uh, this is not part of the knowledge itself. So uh, the fact that you can give them give them the the right insight on on uh, who needs what and exactly what to do with them um, is is uh, is phenomenal. Yeah, and if you look it's, at what... it's really making them better teachers in my mind. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we've got the support of USC University College of London. Uh, obviously, we met there. I met some of your colleagues there. Um, you know, water. We have we have some of the top. Uh, 
research institutions supporting our, our evidence-based approach. And, you know, it, I think it's very critical right now because, you know, year over year, uh, things are somewhat manageable, somewhat repeatable, and you could kind of know, hey, I'm going to lose half the class here. Uh, but with COVID and, and the disruption of this blended learning or no learning environment for some students, the, the gap between, um, you know, the, the learning gap is immense now. There's some kids, some students who had access to technology, tutors, uh, things like that, that somewhat stayed along. And there's others that didn't have any of that, that were really left behind, right? So I think now more than ever, teachers can teach for sure, but they need to know what they're dealing with. They need to know, uh, you know, who's struggling before it's too late and these things compound. Uh, for them to actually get them help. And then students, you know, the biggest thing is the student's mindset. It, it kind of falls into this, oh, uh, I'll never be good at math or I'll never be good at this and that. Um, there's no way of recovering. I'm, I just don't get it. When it could be a small misconception uh, that was maybe two years ago or three years ago that's yeah. compounding, or it could be the fact that teachers haven't had the opportunity to sit down with them and explain things just because, you know, teachers been inundated with multiple th items and, you know, we're, cre we're creatures, I think, as human beings of stereotyping and putting things in boxes and moving on um, just because it helps us because we have no capacity. We, we stereotype because not some people say lazy, but I, I think it's just we don't have time. We have a million other things that we're thinking about. So if we're able to create and free up headspace, we can look at student situation more uh, directly and maybe unlock things that aren't as, uh, you know, visible with data sets or visible um you know with what we collect or what we measure uh, and teachers can unlock more minds that you know can change the world because a lot of the the individuals a, lo a lot of the people who think alike or learn the same way they're already excelling in the, in the workforce we we have a group of them right um that's the one they, they're the ones who get to make the decisions in, in most areas not all the time obviously uh but if we unlock some some thinkers who don't learn the same way as us or same way as you know the the, the students that excel and we give them the right tools and skill sets who knows uh, how far we can advance right so I think there's a lot of merit in, in driving and helping the students that are uh, left behind so to speak every year Matt yeah very much so um just mm -hmm. a few words about the, the trends as you see them as far as really learning materials, specifically yeah. textbooks. Uh, are they going away? Are they being replaced by digital? Um, obviously, there are huge companies who are behind yeah. the textbooks. So where is that going? So Knowledgeic itself, we partner with Pearson, Marshall Cavendish, Nelson Education. Like all those guys are, you know, we're, we're integrated with them now. They use our technology. We use. We support their pedagogy and we work very closely with them, right? So, um, you know, I, I think it's this. I think most, even Pearson's going to this Netflix type model where, uh, you know, their textbooks are sort of available. Uh, but here's the problem I see. So A, what's the problem with traditional publishing? They can't hire technical talent um, much like any tech company, because if I'm, if I'm a, a you know a developer and I'm just leaving school and you know I have an offer between Facebook, Google, like I said, or or a publisher, yeah, you know I'm gonna go towards a tech first, right. yeah. And then problem B is change management. I mean, it's a publisher, it's a it's a cottage, it, it's a it's in a different industry, right? I mean, uh, you know, it, it's really a content first, um, you know sales first industry versus a technology first and trying to change manage and pivot that is difficult it is it's going to be difficult to do it's restructuring it's all those things um and there's going to be culture clashes there so i think a lot of um you know education or, or textbook companies what they have to do is here's where they're struggling here's where they will struggle i think you know they're going to do well because there's that whole cost what i said earlier is the content piece they have content. Content is king. I said Knowledgeic focused on that Venn diagram, which included content with technology and gamification. Uh, we call ourselves a technology first publisher. Uh, Knowledgeic does because we don't want to walk away from just being technology. You don't really build a moat or defensibility with just tech. Anyone can copy tech. 
Yeah. Um, it really comes down to content, comes down to content experts, comes down to the data sets you build over time, um, obviously, and a lot of other things. But what publishers have is that content, the content knowledge, the content base, the ownership of it. Um, and that's very valuable. Um, where they'll struggle and where why we want to be a technology first publishers, if you think about the new world, it's not just a student picking up a textbook and saying, hey, let me read every page and, and learn where I'm going. There's not capacity on the student side for that, uh, nor is there on the teacher side. So what does content have to do? Content has to follow data. So how does that work? You have to be able to present me the right. I, so there's, there's a way publishers can work where it's like Google. And I type in, I kind of know what I want to look for. I can search it. And yeah, it'll give me a couple of references to textbooks or pages of textbooks or whatever. And I can scan through and try to find the answer I'm looking for. You know, you don't always find the answer you're looking for in Google step one, right? You have to go through and do research, et cetera. Um, <clears throat> when knowledge, I mean, well, I guess what the, the, the tech first publishers, which I think is the best blend, um, because PDFs and all that are great, but they don't actually find you where you need where you're looking to be, right? So the ideal state is where assessments, curriculum, what you're doing in the class, and how you're thinking and what you need is presented in front of you in content, um, and, and that's where you need a data first, uh, you know, technology first publisher, and that's what we're trying to be. I think that's where traditional publishers will struggle because yeah, they have this legacy data that is packeted or PDF'd in a way it is, but how do you add tags to that? How do you know, you know, as students are going through assessments or going through struggles or going through homework to present them with the right information at the right time where they don't have to search it, it's just the textbooks in the background and you're going through a learning journey, right? So I think there will always, you, you know, you can't get rid of content, physical textbooks, you know, I, I still think they'll be around for a while, but, you know, there'll be the PDF versions now. Uh, and, and it's just going to be, you know, efficiency and screen time that we have to optimize. How do you um, get the right information to the right student, um, you know, with all those other tools? And, and that's where I think yeah. your question is. Well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, this is just a, a guess, but for my my personal opinion, it's uh, it's not unlike... Um, um navigating with uh maps um you used to used to have you know in your car a book of maps uh yeah. so that you can plan your journey right and uh, today the map hasn't changed it there is still a map yeah well only so you don't need the physical you know it's a, a, you have technology helping you navigate through the map and just showing exactly. you exactly exactly the part that you need so, yeah, uh, so that, that's exactly right. So that's a great example. And I'll take that even a step further. So yeah, you have you used to have the map, the sort of the atlas and sort of uh, yeah. that in, in your car. Yeah. Then you went to, if you look at the mode of navigation, you could look at, there's two modes, right? You could, as soon as you search the address, it shows you the whole path, mm -hmm. which is, yeah. I think, what traditional textbook is. Like, you know, hey, here's all the things you need all at once. Figure it out. And I zoom in go through it, write it out on paper. Like I have to take a left turn here. I have to take a right turn there. Or you put the start mode, right? The direction where it gives you yeah. bite-sized information right. when you get as you're going through your journey. Right, right, you don't right. have to, yeah. Exactly. So that's what, that's exactly what it is. The transition from the map, the middle point is this PDF, which has everything, um, which is now portable is with you wherever you don't need to carry a textbook. But then the ultimate thing is the navigation system, which, gives you the right information at the right time and, and allows you to get to your destination. Even if you have to take a U-turn, a detour, all those types of things, you know, say the smartest person gets to, um, you know, their destination in 30 minutes using Google Maps. But, um, you know, uh, the, the students who's struggling has to do a detour here and there. They get there in an hour and a half, but they still get there, right? Yep. That that's that's the beauty of, of what um you know technology and that content the map can do. Yeah. yeah. Um first of all, that's amazing. Um now let me ask you questions. I know you're in uh, uh in schools, in districts, uh, yeah. etc. Um for for people who are listening who who haven't used this technology, how how do they get started? 
I'll obviously link in the show notes, you know, your website. And yeah. So, but uh, what's the process for someone who says, well, this is something I like to try. What do they need to do? So I, you know, I think the way Nologic is designed, it's designed, it's curriculum aligned. We're in Sp- uh, French, Spanish, and English fully translated. Um, we're, we're grades, you know, K uh, one to 10 right now. We'll, we'll go to K uh, 11 to 12 in, in kindergarten very shortly. <clears throat> for us, we have a premium and premium product. So, we, we definitely want to get, you know, the, like I said, we don't market. We don't have a direct sales team. We really have grown just through teacher referrals. Yeah. Teachers love us. They share it with other teachers. We have a whole, if you go on Knowledge's website, which is getting a revamp. Um, but if you go on the website, there's a place called with the impact stories in it, which is just, you know, a catalog, a library of, of teacher testimonials. And we don't really, you know, prompt them to do this. It's teachers that have used the software and what they're seeing in their classroom from it and, and how it's changed their lives. Right. So I think those stories permeate and, and, and get out there. And for us, you know, we want every teacher to jump on the platform. We have over 175,000 classrooms using Nolchuk uh, across the world, um, whether we're in their curriculum or not. And uh, you know, for us that that's available on the website, uh, you can sign up as a teacher um, and then go through that onboarding process. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Traditionally, we, we, we sell the districts, right? Yeah. Because what we're able to do. So here's one. Here's another thing. So we've talked about teachers, students, parents. Now for school districts and school boards um, and, you know, school authorities or, or whatever, however schools are organized, uh, what we provide is systemic system improvement so what we do is we we collect student data uh we were able to help teachers manage their classroom help teachers help the students that are struggling the most we're able to help principals see hey not we don't identify teachers ever because we you know teachers they don't want to be reassessed and say hey you know i'm struggling teaching my class we just support teachers we anonymize any information going anywhere else and it's at a system level we say hey you know If you're going to hold a workshop or if you're going to do this and that, here's the subjects based on what, how your school, the needs of your educators are, the needs of your students are. And then we're able to even take that a step further and help like ministries. We're working with obviously multiple ministries now. We have ministry-wide deals where we're able to show them, you know, the support, the the ROI on their spend, all these types of things. And, uh, you know, one of the biggest questions I think everyone has is, if I put knowledge in my classroom tomorrow, will my sc- scores go up 20, 30, 40%? What, what happens, right? The way we yeah. look at it, and it's very, like a lot of the data we've seen is very biased. It, it's like, you know, the research is poor. The actual results, you know, they're, they're stretching to say, oh, it's gone up 20% because the N is five or the N is 10. Um, and it's usually the 10 higher performing students or whatever it may be. We look at lead and lag measures. We look at behaviors. Um, are teachers accessing professional development real time? Are students engaged? Are those things happening? Are they checking for student understanding? Are they, uh, you know, retraining students, etc.? We're able to give all that data to show the level of activity to, to districts and, and schools. And so we really target. We really talk to district leaders about systemic support and supporting their teachers. That's our number one thing. That's where we sell to. But teachers, we want to make the tool available for them. So um, you go on knowledge.com, yeah, you can sign up, log on. There'll be a premium sort of paywall, which unlocks sort of the uh, the um, the professional development elements of it. But outside of that, you can access all of the assessments, the, the classroom planning tools, all those types of things. And you can really see uh, your classroom data light up and then uh, also, you know, your what the so what of it all which yeah. is the missing link of a lot of that text right? yeah yeah that's what that's wonderful and if they want to unlock the premium features then this is through the school and the district and uh and you see teachers asking for it and uh and then it's being implemented yeah and, and we have uh we have sing like teachers can and purchase their own licenses as well okay. i think uh, yeah we, we've unlocked that ability only recently okay uh, that's good to know yeah yeah Excellent. Wow. Yeah, Kamar, this is, uh, yeah, yeah, this is uh, 
um it's wonderful and you know i uh, just listening to you uh it's a uh, it's it's really nice to see um you know how much experience you've gathered through these uh just few years and uh yeah. getting to really know how it works from within and yeah uh, and, uh, and, look, uh, and uh and th- this is how you really design something that's so aligned yeah. with uh, uh with what the teachers really need Yeah, we don't look at just the technology side. I won't look at, hey, AR, VR is here. How do I plug it in? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we look at. We started looking at evidence research. We knew formative assessments, the only thing proven to improve student outcomes and to support teachers. Um, and, you know, we're always going to follow the research. We work with University of Southern California. We work at the University of College of London. Uh, we work with a lot of uh, research institutions and universities. We have annual summits now where we take the research, we advance the research, and we create products or support or features in our current product based on the research. So we don't create the shiny object product like, oh, this individual yeah. or this program yeah. has this now and teachers love it. When we know that when we actually dive deep into it, it actually doesn't actually help their practice. It's something that um, is either a vanity sort of addition or it's actually not really being used. outside of that initial phase yeah. so we yeah. really follow evidence research and um, we're true to content making sure that that never we never sacrifice content or the quality of instruction for teachers or students I mean yeah and then you you, you look at what works and you create technology around it and uh, if you take that approach of I, I think most uh, most students you'll learn it's a, it's a continuous learning we will never we try to disrupt ourselves every day here. Um, because you know that that's the only way we'll we'll stay flexible agile and, and keep going yeah. yeah well uh congratulations first thank you, and uh, and uh thank you so much for your time it's uh it's uh it's really exciting and right. uh and anyone who's listening to us i really uh i really urge you to check out uh, knowledgehook.com And, um, and look at all that's available. Uh, I've been there myself and uh, we've spoken before, so I'm really excited about this, uh, this whole concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Tamara, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you, Amir. This is great. Thank Thanks you. a lot. Everyone. Bye. Okay. Thank you for listening. This has been the Teaching Edge podcast, and we will see you soon in our next episode. Visit our website at theteachingedge.org.